How do you pick a real estate agent? Yes, so that could be a couple of different things. Agents are now probably better educated as well as to what properties are going to sell for. Talking about it over coffee when we used to just catch up for coffee and not record it. You talk about it in a way that's accessible and easy to listen. If you've if you've been in your career for a short while, how do you take yourself to the next level? Yeah, um, it was Start really a podcast. Good. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, epic this voice week part. on the property part. <laughs> guys welcome back to the property pod your easy to listen to an accessible way into the property market i'm aaron horn your host and i'm joined as usual by 414 property co real estate agents john mcgregor and patrick berry good morning well i think that's the first time we've uh, announced as a property co isn't it i like it yes i want to um, start launching it as kind of a property co uh, event Um, i was talking to my mother during the week who was a I was a keen listener of the show and she was like, oh, I'm really excited and really liked your explanation of how everything went down with uh, the colours and the branding and, and the future of the company, Pat. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So, and, oh, well, there's compliments all around. So you got a compliment ooh, ooh. for uh, your branding. And then she said to me, she says, oh, John's, where all the places he goes speech, I still think about it. <laughs> like, Holy moly, mama. <laughs> I'll, uh, I like to reflect on those, on the glory days as well. <laughs> <laughs> peaked in high school. It was peaked in high school, yeah. <laughs> all right. So last week on the show, I mentioned that we may be uh, trying to get our friend of the show, Andrew Leggett, back in. He's been kind enough to give us some of his time this morning. I know he's got a lot going on at the moment. Um, so, yeah, Andrew, I will pull your mic up and good morning. Welcome back. Good morning. Thank you for having me, gents. Thank you for sitting so quietly through our uh, attempts at starting the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're already wondering why you came back. <laughs> yeah, thinking, just, just quietly sitting further and further back in your seat. <laughs> it's all right, though. I've got the door blocked, so he's not getting yeah, 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 exactly. There's no escape. Yeah. So, yeah, so last week on the show, Andrew, you would have heard um, we were talking about the is it the interest rate cut that's just kind of been announced last week it was kind of big news in the world of yeah it was big news it was highly anticipated we we had a hunch that we we're going to get a rate cut yep um, and it was interesting to see what um, what some of the lenders and banks have done with it. Mm. Yeah, so I think I initially saw that they it wasn't picked up by the banks straight away or something like that, or was this something like there was like a little kind of backwards forwards of this may do something, this may not do something. Yeah, that's right. So it was a bit of a slow play, particularly with with some of the banks. Uh, they didn't didn't drop uh, any variable rates, uh, but they did reduce their fixed rate okay. position. So. There's some great offers so in the market at the moment. How does that work? Like how do they decide like, oh, we're going to follow or we're not going to follow? Like what's the basis of, of that? They need to take a lot of things into consideration. Um, one of those things is uh, like high interest saving rates. Um, so if they reduce um, the rates on, on lending, it's going to bring down the rates on the saving savings accounts and there's many Australians out there that are living on, on interest Okay, yeah. So mm. they've put, piled their life savings into these accounts and each month they're just they're living on the interest. So these rate cuts are, are really not ideal for, for some people. If you've got the cash in the – well, yeah, storing your cash in the bank basically. That's well, right. that, that's an interesting point, isn't it? Because all of a sudden if they're like, well, I've got all this money just sitting in the account where – what is that call through fractional lending? The banks using their money to relend. Mm. If all of a sudden they just continuously redraw that and put it somewhere else, now the banks doesn't have the money that they wanted to use on those accounts. Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah, that's right. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't thought of it that way. So that um, I suppose right at these, you know, lowest levels I've ever been as well, like where how much further can they go in some ways yeah. um, before they just disincentivize their clients too much to say, well, I don't want the money in the bank at all. Mm. Yep. So I don't feel for a product manager in a big bank. Um, it's like a seesaw and you've you've got to level it out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, this is going way over my head. I, last week I thought, oh, yeah, I've kind of got a grasp on it. I had a quick look. But so what I remember coming up was saying was like a, the the cash rate or something is at 0.1%. Yes, that's right. What does that mean? That's like the wholesale rate of money um, that when, it, when the banks borrow it from the Reserve Bank, yep. that's what they're borrowing it at. And then you've got the markup for the retail rate. Yeah. Yep. So that seems crazy low. Like that's just like it, it is, nothing yep. to nothing. They're saying it's mm. a record low. Record low. Can um, it go lower? Will it go lower? It can. It can go into into the negative. Yeah, um, and that's 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 a whole another show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to bother trying to touch that. I know this, this sounds stupid, but all I'm thinking of is um, Die Hard Three, where they go into steal the gold from Fort Knox. I'm just feeling like that's like if it goes into the minuses, they're stealing the gold from Fort Knox. Like, <laughs> stealing the gold. Yeah, and we need a John McClane to come through, and mate. Your haircut, John McLean. I was about to say I put my hand up. I yeah, be, all I right, that'll work. You pick yay. Yeah. Well, so with I mean now, like I know um, the couple of times we've had you on before, it's just asking sort of in a practical sense what this is what this is actually meaning for boots on the ground with people who do have their um, loans existing in place. Is it again another good time to review, or you know, if you've only reviewed in three months, is it? I'm like, okay, we've just had that rate adjustment. What's the next step for me to do, and is it worth a phone call at this point? Yeah, look, it definitely is to see what what's out there. Um, I've just recently had one of my existing customers come through and, and he needed a little bit of extra cash to do some home renovations. Um, and when we looked at what rate he had been on and then after a product conversion and a top-up, he actually was saving money. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. That's no crazy. He's, he's got access to more money and saving money. And saving money. That's and, madness. Yeah. Jeebus. Yeah, so I'm seeing a bit of that at the moment. Yeah, okay. It's, when was it – I mean, in his particular case, how long had he had it been – since he had a review, can you remember? It was only two years. Only two years? Yep. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, there's a fair bit obviously that's happened in that two years. So. It has, yeah. Um, but would, was that it? I mean, I'm assuming too, from a fixed, if you're on a fixed term and it's going to give you 12 to 24 months, now, does that mean um, is there, there'll be a penalty if you review at that point, um, if you were to try to get out of it? Yeah, look, that's correct. Um, okay. So when you do fix a loan, um, if you were to make a, a big change or discharge the loan, um, or try and refinance it, you're going to get hit with what's called a break cost. Mm. Um, and there's no set way of saying it's it's going to be X One way or another. On, on this date. It all depends on what the cost of costing of funding is doing at the back end and how long's remaining, et cetera, um, as to what that, that might be. To give you a bit of an indication, um, I fixed mine in coming on three years ago, mm-hmm. um, recently inquired to see what it was, and it was not feasible for me to break that break that line. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that was going to be kind of my follow-up questions. Like is with the rate dropping so much, is it something that you could think like, oh, I'm stuck on this one at the moment, but like the fees might be negligible. Mm. That's a hard word to say. It can be, yeah. You did well though. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. I could see you really processing that. My mouth was turning in weird ways. Negligible. Um, Yes, would it be negligible to do it? But kind of in your case, it's not. So it's the numbers are are not your friend. Not my friend, but, but that, yeah, that, I'm not saying that that's the case no, for everyone. So Definitely no, it's, not. It's a good example because say, I mean, think about it. You just gave us two good ones, like the like your your client who um, it was worth him doing because now he's saving money. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas in your case, the problem is you um, 
the cost um, the cost of breaking out of that existing term. Yes, if you were to adjust it, you know, week after that, you'd be on, you know less repayments. But unfortunately, the um, the penalty cost of having that change outside of your fixed term is not worth you doing it immediately. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Okay. So look, just a, it, I can't remember what what how many months it was, but let's say it was going to take me eighteen months to actually break even. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's like no, nah, just wait till the term finishes. Mm. Yeah. Well, I know, like when I when I first bought my house, I know if you go back even longer, they'll say seventeen percent and all that stuff. But I know when I was when did I first buy my place? It must have been around two thousand eight, two thousand nine, I think. And um, the interest rate of that for that property was eight point two five percent. And I was thinking I had one hundred and fifty four thousand. Um, loan, which is sort of crazy now. Like, um, get that little unit that I had up at Claremont for that. It's just not going to happen. Um, so, I mean, everyone has their time. But, um, yeah, I know um, now, comparatively now with, um, you know, my in- interest rate on my investment property is um, significantly lower just because of all, like, the, the, the rates difference. And now I suppose is it um, is a tough call to give – it's always the same with us too. Like, there's never a perfect situation for everyone. You know, people are thinking, okay, is now a good time to take out fixed terms or variable loans? I mean, it's, it's an odd situation. If, if the interest rate's, like, never been lower than it's ever been, it's like at 0.1, so something crazy, mm-hmm. um, it had hard to be – it hard to see how then you could lose on a – I'm not going to – is that the right word? We're on a fixed on a fixed term at this point? Like, yep. like what more is there to be done? You know, like um, aside from the banks sort of trying to compete for the for the you know business at the at the lowest of levels. That's right. You know, is you know is are, are more people taking out that fixed term than they were in the past? Certainly are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's been a pattern that I've seen now for quite some time, particularly with your first home buyers. Right. Gives them their certainty of repayments for a set period of time. Yeah. Um, but you make a good point. Like, what's there to lose now? Mm. The variable rates are still a little bit higher than the fixed, so they could come down. Mm-hmm. They, they might. They might end up lower than the fixed. Who knows? So you might lose out there. But yeah, but I can't. I can't offer that advice to the clients. Oh, of course yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. Just give us some give, scenarios. Yeah, give the scenario. Yeah. Present yeah. the facts. Here are your repayments. Um, but yeah, I can't say you should do this. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It was sort of a you know um, a spitball question, I suppose, in some ways, just thinking. Yeah, you were spitballing mm. wild. Yeah. I was like, where are you taking? Yeah, any exactly. Because because yeah. that's a thought. You know, like three years ago, I suppose, when you know we looked around personal circumstances, when you fixed it, like this is a sweet, sweet deal not i mean we, we don't know at, at the time that's exactly what i did yeah 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 yep. uh, i had the rate in front of me i thought oh i've got to take that yeah yeah can't see it going any lower than that that's it so the 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 thing i'm trying to work out now is like a few of the articles i'm reading are saying you know this is good for clearly good news for mortgage holders and provide the economy with increased consumer spending so lowering this cash rate is meant to uh, i keep hearing the word shot in the arm to get people spending more so it's a this is more um, stimulus to try and get people spending money in Australia. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So what happens when the rate is reduced, when we're assessing the deal, we don't assess the deal on the carded rate. We had a buffer. So let's say back in the day when, when John was buying his his property, yep. uh, let's say it was 8%. When we looked at the affordability, we would have added probably 2 2.5% onto that okay. when we calculated the repayments on the on the new loan. So if you mm. think now um, we've, you know, we've got offerings in and around the 2% mark mm-hmm. and you add the buffer in, the buffer is less than what rates were four or five years ago. Yeah, so right. So it's opening up the door for maybe some more lower income earners mm-hmm. to get in. That's interesting just because there's this other article I was going to bring up today where it was in the Mercury last week about the 
areas that are it's cheaper to buy than it is to rent. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that kind of um, piggybacks off that. Like some of the data that's come out on this. Sorry, I'm just reading through it as I go. Loan, yeah. loan, the Aussie Home Loans Buy versus Rent Report has come out saying Eastern Shore suburb Rokeby was named number one area where house buyers stand to save the most money by making the switch. So if you were to invest in a property there, be saving money. So something like this positive news for people that are kind of in between that rental and purchasing mm-hmm. world. Um, there's kind of Riston Vale, Bridgewater, Rorain, Primrose Sands, Dodgers Ferry are all kind of in this, um, you know, you're paying $400 on a variable term or 594 on fixed, say, example, in Riston Vale where your rent could be 600 bucks or something a week. So it kind of seems to make sense that it's kind of stimulating the market into being like, yeah, buy. Yeah. Look, these articles are great and, it, you know, it says go out and buy, but it's hard for some people. Yeah. Uh, well, again, the thing is too is that there was um, – we we actually answered this question for a friend of mine um, early on where she was in the situation where she wanted to buy, but because um, it was a, that rat race scenario where she had to pay the high rent um, looking after her kids on her income. So therefore there wasn't, a, you know, a lot of residual income for her to continually put into that savings program. That's right. Um, so there was no means for her to be able to, you know, on her own you'd say, to, you know, to actually get a, pur- a purchase contract anyway. So yep. the only way then, you know, you can revisit that is, you know, you're looking at support where they've got those, you know, obviously they have sent the, Back then, they didn't have the five percent, you know, deposit um, scheme to avoid the mortgage lenders insurance, and but you know she might not have had anyone to be able to actually go as a guarantor. So you know, therefore, she can't get that deposit. So there are just some people that are just stuck in that little cycle. That's just, um, an impossibility to. I would never say impossible, but exceptionally hard to get out of. Hey, so That's right. as much as they'd want to, still getting that approval process is you know just not going to be an option. Yeah, reading down this article further, it kind of then breaks into that as like as. As nice as it is to buy, it would be tricky to get in. While rents are higher compared to paying a mortgage, many renters in these areas are in the lower income demographic mm. and may find it hard to save and find extra funds for a deposit. Yeah, well, then even um, it's a friend of mine that um, they're a couple that are going through at the moment. Um, they're just uh, all of a sudden they'll, they'll get a nice little nest egg and then bang, get hit with something again. And then like all of a sudden bangs up. Then all of a sudden one of the kids gets really ill or, you know, it's a bang and they get hit when all of a sudden it's just yep. gone again. So it's a real it's a real challenge. And I, I suppose, um, you know, it's a real deep empathy for anyone going through that where someone will look, well, why don't you just buy it? It's like, well, sometimes life isn't that simple. That's right. Mm. Mm. We're obviously getting a lot of, because of all this, we're getting a lot of people that are, have been fortunate enough to be able to make that shift and you know maybe they've been able to now rather than buying two years from now some extra savings they've been able to do it now um and they're asking that question i know we've looked at it before but we're asking that okay what what is that pre-approval process and what what does that actually look like and what does it actually mean because i know i've had a few conversations with some buyers lately where they said look i'm pre-approved i've got the cash ready i can buy a house now i said that's great and it's not that simple you know, right. so, yeah. so what is that What is that pre-approval process and what does it actually mean? Oh, look, the, we touched on it. I know we've touched on it in the yeah. past which, and it's a great one to revisit. The, what I've seen, there's two types of pre-approvals. There's the type of pre-approval where you might walk into a branch and you'll sit down with a, with a home loan manager and he'll look at your, your information and say, you're pre-approved. Mm-hmm. No credit decision has actually been made. No application's been made. Oh, that's interesting. He's like, yeah, you got this. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just make sure you put a uh, subject to finance clause in your contract and she'll be apples. Ah, okay. Yeah. So kind of an informal pre-approval. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let, let, yeah let, look, let's call it um, informal pre-approval. Okay. Um, Pointless sounds a better word. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, I think a better approach um, was would be to apply for, actually apply for finance, um, a conditional approval. We tick everything off. 
we look at the savings, the employment, the credit history, the whole whole kit and caboodle. Um, this is where you go through like your spendings and everything. Like you kind of how much you spend on your groceries, how much, how often do you eat out? How like absolutely. what we've gone through with sorting out my finance. That's right. We went through like, oh, yep, this is what you spend on your baby. This is all this stuff. Mm-hmm go through this process. That's right. The full process, full formal process, lodge a formal application through um, and request a conditional approval. And what it's conditional on is providing a contract of sale and having evaluation done on the on that property. Mm. Okay. So the one you kind of first mentioned is like the reverse of that. Like you will get a contract and we'll give you the money. And this one's like, we'll give you the money when you get the contract. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So the John, if you come across a client and says, yeah, the bank's right to go, I've got the money, they haven't got the money. That's right. No. Yeah. Because they're never, get, never ever going to um, disperse loan funds without controlling the property and, of course, registering a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember we had uh, many years ago an old um, salesperson who'd bring in to uh, go, look, oh, the, we've got a contract, it's cash, it's cash. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's have a look. And it's in subject to finance, subject to building, subject to subject. So it was like it wasn't, but I think he just got super excited. And what he was more so referring to was the idea that they've been pre-approved. Yeah. You know, You're always so harsh on your dad. Like, <laughs> it's a contract <laughs> you just have to squash him down. Come on, John. Well, lucky enough, that wasn't dad's story. That was when our old sales family. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, Chris. I was just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that fourth word for the episode yeah, yeah. was uh, well, dig Chris. No, we, we did ask um, when we were chatting with my brother. Um, we, he asked, well, Scott asked Dad when you come with the podcast. Dad's like, well, I've never even listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> and he would have said it that matter of fact as well. He really did. I reckon, yeah. I reckon if I asked my father about this podcast, he'd say, what? what's a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my nan listens and she loves it. Oh, it's good. That's excellent. Well, I know that, I mean, that the couple of key things you said there was, um, yeah, the, the bank's registering the interest, which, you know, in that case is the bank's taking out a covenant on the title, which says that you cannot sell that property anymore until their interest is paid out. Mm. Um, but also to like the valuation process, because, I mean, we've, I mean, we've, um, I've personally had a couple of um, contracts that have fallen through, only on first home buyers in this particular case, um, for you know, properties in a few different suburbs where on the, and on the second time round, we haven't had any trouble. And on the surface, it actually seemed that we actually did have, um, and this might, will probably be for a discussion for another guest, but the, on paper, the two purchases look almost identical. A young couple around sort of the same savings going to be um, from, they disclosed about the same sort of loan to value ratio. Um, however, from two two very different valuations, one was nearly fifty thousand dollars apart. So on the first ter- first time round, it absolutely killed the deal. Mm-hmm. On the second time round, once we had a bit more um, supportive evidence for the valuer, um, they were like, "Yep, okay, we can absolutely justify that the your the price that you've paid for this property can be um, backed up by comparable sales, and therefore then um, you know the the deal could proceed." Um, now, just so I've got that right, so in this, um, if there was a, a purchase contract for four hundred thousand dollars, for example. And then the, um, you, you know, in a, in a, on a pre-approved situation, mm-hmm. the client, you might say the client can purchase up to, you know, borrow up to $400,000. However, if just because they pay $400,000 for a property doesn't necessarily mean that the bank will end up to it if a valuation only has the property valued at three fifty, dollars is that right? That's correct. So the bank will come back and say, well, if the client's happy to proceed, 
Um, we can use the valuation at 350, but then you're at your 90 or 95% lend of the valuation of that 350. Mm-hmm. Then the client's got to go find that, the short, that extra 50 grand. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, technically, um, you can pay any price you want for the property and the bank will lend it on the proviso that they'll only lend up to the valuation. And whatever the difference is, you have to come up with the difference of yourself in cash. Yep, 100% correct. So, for a first time buyer, Five grand shortfall on the valuation, that, that's a deal killer in, in most cases. Yeah, I mean, interesting. So when you go visit Sammy the shark down on the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what corner is that? Where? where? Yeah. <laughs> Who do you know that we don't know, Pat? We'll soon find out. <laughs> you see how I get all my deals done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any cost. <laughs> that's recorded. All right, guys. I think for that, it's it's heating up in this um, studio box again. It's going to be another cracking day. We've all got um, things to do. Um, I think we might finish up there. But thanks, Andrew, for coming in and, and just clearing up some of the um, the stuff that went over our head in the last period. You're always um, always good to have on the show, and I really appreciate your time. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Cheers, also, Sam. wanted just to chuck a sh- shout out to your photography award that you've won recently, the, oh, the Pano you. Award. Thank you very much. Yeah, was it a bronze medal or a, a bronze bronze award? Bronze award. It. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys have covered this, but um, I'll just show you, John. This is a picture that um, Andrew's uh, won an award on. Oh, mate, that's amazing. Isn't Was it? it Mortimer Bay? That's beautiful. Thanks, mate. Yeah, so shout out to that. Yeah, congrats on that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Cheers. Appreciate that. No, not a drama. It's always good to, um, you know, have your hobbies kind of. Yeah, we're not, we're not just uh, brokers, real estate agents and media. Like we've got, you know. We do stuff. Yeah, yeah we do yeah. stuff. We, yeah. do, we, we, we do have souls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to be awarded and it's good to, um, uh, yeah. Congratulations, mate. That's beautiful. That's Thank great you. photo. Thank you. Mm. Really appreciate it. There you go, Pat. Have a squeeze. And we better post that in the show notes now, for sure. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Let's link that. Yeah, I'm just worried now that I've shown him that. Pat's like, oh, hold on a sec. I can get a photographer and a mortgage broker. All in yeah, one. Yeah, all yeah. In one. <laughs> what have I hired Aaron for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll, we will finish the show there. Here's a discussion for another day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next, next week, right, Andrew Mr. Leggett hosting uh, the property pilot. Uh, all right, Mr. Burns. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for that. See you, guys. See See ya. You have been listening to The Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek and use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information.